I'm Gab, he's Jules, Blue Skies over West London, Champions League time. Whoa. How excited am I? How excited am I? We have a Milan derby. We are the capital of world football once again. You never thought that would happen at the start of the season, did you? Not at the start of the season, no, no. I, I thought maybe at some point yeah. in my lifetime, but Amazing uh, we're going to get all, uh, we're gonna get in all the, into all that, inter-advancing, sitting Real Madrid. No yeah. real surprise there, except maybe perhaps the way the games went. We're going to hit all that later. But we have to start with what I thought was, ended up being the most compelling, uncertain tie of the two. I agree. And that is Napoli against Milan. Napoli 1-0 down from the first leg. Um, they huffed and they puffed and then... That game had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Rafael Leal, I, I, I think that moment, I mean, you're the Techers guy. Incredible. I mean, some people, show, I, I saw the, uh, the Ruth Gullit uh, kind of run and the pass for Van Basten many, many years ago against Napoli as well in the league, which was very different because really Hullit only dribbled past one player. Leao literally runs past four players. And it's just incredible. And it's a game that in the end, maybe there was not too much in it, to be fair, between the two teams over the two legs. But it's just those moments of brilliance, of brilliance the... Raheem Diaston in the first leg, for example, that we explained uh, in previous shows. And then the Leo run, the McMillian save on the penalty that made Milan win this start, really. But it was, it was fantastic. Magic, McMillian, ma to you. But magic Leo, too, to be fair. It's, he's, he's different. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, he's the kind of player who appears in moments. And this is a low-scoring game. I have a whole yeah. column up about this, funnily enough. Um, the... How, what value do you put on a player like that? You know, uh, the, the, the guy who can turn games on his own. Yeah. I, I think we need to talk about, though, from Napoli's perspective, I think they feel, they, they feel hard done by because there was, the, there was a penalty that, that wasn't given. Um, it's actually Leao on, on Chucky Lozano, yeah. where you, know, you look at VAR, and when, you know, like afterwards, like in, in you know, TV crews, like they put like the magnifying glass on yeah. it, and then you can see that, he gets there first. VR doesn't intervene. I don't even know if VR have the capability of doing that or no. if they're allowed to do that. I'm okay with that. I feel more badly for, for Napoli with the fact that missing Kim and Zambangisa from the first leg. I thought they played really well in the first leg. Yeah. Uh, and then losing two more starters after half an hour or less than half an hour in Politano and Mario Rui being forced to make the double substitution. Yeah, but it feels especially. like a lot of things really conspired against them. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I mean, it's not... It would have been better to have Kim and 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 Zamboangisa, of course, if Politano had sat on the pitch to come inside onto his left foot instead of Lozano, who's right-footed, playing on the right wing, who tends to go more down the line than Politano would do, for example. So that certainly changed the dynamic of that team and the way they would approach the game. Um, it's a shame, and you would have liked to see the two teams with their strongest starting eleven, with everybody Victor Seaman fully fit and everything. Exactly, and maybe things would have been different, but. But in the end, you missed some chances. Maybe they crossed the ball a bit too much towards towards Ozyman in that second leg when Kier and Tomori were so good defensively against Ozyman, I thought, despite his late, late goal. But they also, you know, if they score, if Vaskelia scores the penalty, maybe the whole rest of the game is very different. Yeah. So they had chances they could have done differently. It's one I think they can have regrets over, for sure. But, but I still think there's nothing that you would take away from Milan in the way they qualified. No, I, I think so. I mean, look, uh, and I say this to all my Milan supporting friends, Napoli are a better team. They're a better unit. Over the two legs, I think if you look at the flow of the, of the, of, of, of the game, yeah. I think they showed that, um, despite things going against them. That said, that's not how football works. Football is about game plans. It's yeah. about um, defending stoutly, and it's about taking your moments. And Milan, Giroud's missed penalty aside, yeah. um, certainly did that uh, as well. And I think, and I think probably you know based on that they deserve to go through. But I want to say something else about uh, about Naples, and we touched upon it before that that horrible situation with uh, with the fans mm. not supporting or, or some of the ultras because they're angry with the club. They put all that a lot, uh, aside, and I love the reaction from the crowd when they were you know knocked out of the Champions League yeah. at home where it was all singing about going on to win the title. Um, I thought that was, that was a very mature reaction from the fans. I thought they, they did a tremendous job in terms of, um, certainly Spalletti and, and Napoli, in terms of relating to the fans. And, and the fans understand that, mm. you know, for this team, <laughs> winning the Scudetto this year, with, after what happened in the summer, uh, 
to do it in, in the way that they're going to do it is absolutely special. And, you know, this was just 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 icing on yeah. top of the cake. Jules, I want to continue with Napoli for a minute yeah. because I, we were talking off air about Fiche Kvartskelia, and obviously everybody knows the story. The guy comes from, you know, he's Georgian, comes in, low transfer fees, been absolutely uh, phenomenal this season, yeah. both in Serie A and in the Champions League. He missed a penalty in this game, and I had a text from a colleague like, oh, Kvartskelia is great, but there's no end product there. And I want to say, obviously, end product's very important. Yeah. You're a bit harsh because he, he's, you know, he's double figures in yeah, goals this like season for a winger, which is bad. Yeah. Yeah. But you had some interesting numbers about his performance on the wing. Yeah, because I mean, I think we were all the same. You 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 look at, it, at that game and you you pick you pick what you want to watch really right. more than just the whole game. So maybe some looked at the Kia and Tomori against Ozyman. You could look at Leao against you know against Di Lorenzo, for example. You could look at whatever you want. And certainly, I think a lot of us would have looked at Kvaraszgelia and saying, okay, this is the game where I want you to step up. This is the game you have to win for Napoli. That I want you to see and win okay. the odds. Um, Phrase that says like big big games belong to big players, all that kind of stuff. But let's not forget, we don't have a big big player who is twenty one, just yeah, exactly. Which maybe is still like, new for him. So yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Um, and you could say, and, and I think that's fair, that Calabria, who played at right back for Milan, so direct opponent to Kvaraskelia, was amazing certainly in the first half with a lot of help from. Krunic, for example, or Benasser, because there was all, all, very often a, a double two team. on one, yeah, yeah, two on Vaskelia. But if you look at the second half, especially, and then the whole numbers at the end, Vaskelia has touched the ball ninety-eight times. Ninety-eight times. Ninety-eight times in, in 90 for a minutes. winger is it's, a ridiculous amount. Of it's time. really unseen before. Like this is the numbers that a defensive midfielder or centre back puts up, really. Right. Ninety-eight times, which is clearly the game plan was. Feed the, give the ball every time, especially once Politano had, had left the pitch. It, it, was, it was very much like, let's, let's give the ball to Gvaraskelia, and Calabria had a lot of defending to do, and with the help of others, as we mentioned. And still, Gvaraskelia dribbled past someone, Calabria or someone, 10 times. In 10 the, successful dribbles in a game. Which, again, again I, think is, I, don't th I think maybe one player had 10 before in the Champions League history, but it, since Opta uh, collected the stats. So to, to put this into context for those who don't go deep into stats and who, you know, for example, think that, oh, Mbappe must have 20 successful dribbles a game. He yeah, doesn't. No. If, you, if you average more than three, you exactly, are a tremendous yeah. the top, dribbler. Top, top, I like a run. For, yeah, Neymar is best was around four, four per game. Right, and Mbappe, I'm assuming, is around three or something yeah, like something that. Like you know, know Messi, his best was probably five. Right. That's it. To do 10 against a Milan team that was so good defensively in the whole game, where you were very often against two players, it is, it's really uh, a credit to his talent and his, his genius to some extent. And in the second half, he created himself a couple of chances where he went between the two Milan players to hit, to hit a shot very often in a, in a tight an angle. angle. Yeah, yeah. But, but still, so... Maybe like this you would see and say, oh, Vaskelia didn't really turn up, which is maybe... Partly true for the first half. In the second half, he did much better. There was a lot of crossing. In the end, overall for Napoli, that didn't really work out. Even if Ozyman scored on a cross late, there might have been other other options or better things to do. For example, I was I was cr like screaming in front of the television and with my kids watching why there was no run into the half space. Once Vazgelia is on the ball and you've got Calabria and Krunic, that means there's a lot of space yeah. for a midfielder, let's say, Zielinski. Zielinski. Yeah, even Lobotka from deeper or whatever to make that run into the half space on the left to try to cause... Sometimes it was just too predictable. Give the ball to Kvara and then he's going to do something. We talked about runs. Um, obviously, that, that Rafael Leal run is going uh, is gonna to live in, uh, on you, in YouTube forever. Yeah. Now, what I thought was interesting about that, obviously it starts with a distraction of Ndombele who doesn't control yeah, the ball. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, Zambongis is there. He wouldn't, this wouldn't have come into play. One of the things that strikes me about this is when we're having the discussion on the show and, you know, Moreno's like, eh, you know, like, well, why don't they just foul him? And, yeah, it's a logical thing to do, right? We, we've gotten so accustomed to, to tactical fouls where you see this guy running and yeah. whether it's Di Lorenzo, I mean, Rahmani was... Yeah, I that's think, a pen. But yeah, that wasn't about that. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to do that. 
Uh, Ndombele keeps chasing him, but just is I obviously mean, never going to catch him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. actually Greg Burley said, like, there's not a player in the world who's going to catch him. And I said, well... <clears throat> Maybe if Mbappe plays right back. Exactly. I, 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 I'd like to it. see that foot race, yeah. you know. But it did strike me. I mean, hindsight always twenty twenty. Should Di Lorenzo have just grabbed them? Because there are some teams that have made us a cut. I mean, City get a lot of stick for this, for, for the tactical foul. They do it a lot. Yeah. Maybe you don't even give away a card there because there's players behind. I don't want to see that. I, I, I'd love to see more yellows for those tactical fouls, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I think even Ndombele should at some point like try. Not, you can't catch him. I yeah, but just tackle him from behind, like not from behind, he but like, try off. something. No, but like no, 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 in a nasty way. Maybe do just a Harry Maguire, like oh, where he jumps on top. <laughs> yeah, or Cristiano the other night. I'd, but yeah, you think if you remember the first leg when Napoli started so well at San Siro, and then there's that run that Leao does, and, and he shoots with his left, and it's just wide. And after that, Napoli almost like unconsciously drops. 30 yards because every time he was going to go get the ball they were so scared of something right. and then maybe they were not prepared enough in a cynical way for this second leg to know do you know what whatever it takes stop him before he hits a 30 yard line or something like that you know whatever it takes whoever is in that zone has to stop him and yeah maybe they were kind of too either a bit naive or just too nice not to make that foul but yeah you're right it's it's crazy that he's allowed that, that, you know, that kind of game between two teams that know each other so well and that you know that Leao can offer that threat that you don't almost have a plan straight away. He touches the ball, you can see he's on the run, find him straight away. Which is not what you want to no, see as a not, fan. But, but if the rules allow it, then... Exactly. Now, the interesting thing with, with Leao is, and we've touched upon this before, his contract expires in June 2024. Milan have been negotiating... You know, a new deal for, for a long, long time. The latest is that they're confident. He's come out. He said the right things. But, you know, until the deal gets done. Yeah. Um, obviously, complicating this whole thing is the fact that he has to pay Sporting because of what happened when he left the club. Uh, $20 million. There's a very complicated legal case. It also involves Lille. Yeah. Lille might have to pay compensation, too. Um, the reality is, if Milan keep Leal, leaving aside how much they pay him, we'll get that in a second, they also don't know if at some point a judge is going to say, hey, you guys need to, you guys owe Sporting some money. Mm. So, for example, one scenario is if Milan were to sell him this summer, right? Say, like, all right, no, we can't reach a new deal or he wants too much money. We sell him. I think he would easily go for 80, 100 million. Yeah. You know, I mean, if Anthony goes for 100 million, I would assume yeah. this guy would. Um, and then maybe later along comes Sporting and says, well, he had a 45 million release clause when he was with us. Um, he terminated his contract unilaterally. They found that there was no just cause for him to, uh, to terminate his contract. Um, and by the way, the reason he terminated his contract, along with, with other players like, like Jesso Martins and others, was a bunch of fans came into the training ground, beat up staff and players. He argued that they were somehow incited by the club yeah. president at the time, didn't feel safe, whatnot. And so he... Tribunal said he was right originally. That's why he moved to Lille. Lille then, after a year, sold him to uh, to Milan. So that's the whole background to yeah. it. In this case is still not resolved, what, like four and a half years later? So there's this whole level of uncertainty to yeah. it from, from Milan's perspective, which I think is one of the things slowing it down. What we know right now is, um, I think it's one-fifth of his paycheck goes into a special fund yeah. to pay. Now, unless he plays until, until he's 60 or he gets a new deal, he's not going to be able no. to pay that money back. So um, someone will have to pay it. Somebody will have to pay it. Uh, right now, I think his contract, right now he earns, I think, less than $3 million, uh, which is, which is a, a puny amount yeah, for yeah. what he contributes. This is a guy who's you know, been double figures the last two years from a wide position, which you know, I, I don't think is, you know, I think is pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's a sense with that that either he maintains that level that he shows in his best moments and he does that consistently and then he becomes Thierry Henry let's say yeah yeah or you know an, an off-brand Mbappe yeah. if you want or he becomes Martial he becomes somebody who can do it occasionally mm. but most of the time he's got issues he's injured doesn't do much off the ball and so on I mean that's kind of the two ways and Milan have to decide which way it's just going to go because his new deal he's still will, so young though 
He's not that young. That's what I thought. He's been young for a long. He's one of I those mean, guys who's been young no, for a long but like, time. Like, I he's still young. You know, like he's twenty-four. I, yeah, yeah, but they still, in a way, he might not have come like to proper maturity yet. But it seems that when he wants to, and maybe, maybe it's also a question of the lack of motivation maybe from Milan in the league because they can't win the title anymore. I don't know. So yeah, you need to play for top four and right now your top four place for next season is not guaranteed unless you won the Champions League. I don't know because he also seemed that in the Napoli away game in the league, he turned it up. In the Napoli, yeah. two ties in the Champions League, two games in the Champions League, he turned it up. So it seems also to... to the, the Is the inconsistency because he doesn't really... I, I think the inconsistency... No, I... Mentally? I, I I, I think some of some of the, the, his critics say that off the ball, it's not that he doesn't work as hard as he should uh, defensively. It's that his mind wanders. He's not as tactically disciplined defensively. He's yeah. not as crisp in his pressing. And look, this is an important part of the game, right? Wingers are defenders when they're off the ball. And, and he did defend okay in that game. Yeah, but I mean, again, to go back to your friend Mbappe, who <laughs> we saw he did almost yeah. no defensive world yeah, true, work true. in the World Cup final. There's yeah, even less of Paris Saint-Germain. So I think to some degree it also depends on the team, on what you want from yeah. him, on what he can um, on, sure. on what he can deliver. Uh, are you to talk about the other, I thought, standout game changer here? And yeah, he saved the penalty in this one. In the first leg, he made those, a tremendous save yeah. at the end of the game. He Five does this again. Saves, yeah, in the first leg. Magic Mike Mignon. Uh, I know you're tight with your boy Hugo Lloris, World Cup winning captain and everything. But you're in good hands, yeah? Oh, man. And he's Paris born and bred as well. So he's, I, I love him even more. And he's only 27 years old. And right now, he's already, for me, top five on this season. Top five in the world. Top five in Europe, if you want. Maybe even top three. He's Courtois, him, and then... Find whoever the third is that you want. Ter Stegen. Maybe, yeah. Uh, although not so much in Europe. But yeah, I think outstanding. Again, we go back on the transfer fee. To think that Milan paid 15 million euros, which is 1.5. It's incredible. Really, it is. 18 months, almost two years ago now. Um, yeah. He had a wonderful impact to replace Donnarumma. Maybe more than anybody I, thought. And, and that's pretty critical because I want to go back to that just for a second. It's one of the things I touch upon. If you go back to where Milan were at the time with Donnarumma, you had a situation where you, in Donnarumma, you had a guy who had been a starter since he was 16 years old, which is just unbelievable yeah, for yeah. a goalkeeper, right? It was a time when the club was, was in turmoil. Elliot had taken over. Things were up. Things were down. The fans were unhappy. It seemed like, you know, the easiest thing to do would be like, all right, we're not going to worry about the goalkeeper. You know, lock in Donnarumma, he'll be our captain forever, yeah, he'll yeah, retire, yeah. he'll break Maldini's records and Buffon, whatever. Et cetera, yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time, his agent was the late Mino Raiola, yeah. and he already had a huge contract, which the Muppets who ran the club before Elliot gave him. Um, and so once, you know, you, you're always going to get a raise in football, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so they kind of, so at that point, you know, we were talking a contract that was that he was asking for twenty million a year for a guy who at the time was twenty-two years old. Yeah. And Milan said, no, no, we have a red line here. We have a red line that we're not going to cost. And if Donnarumma wants to leave on a free transfer, he can do that. Um, and they were criticized by a lot of yeah. people for it. Um, that took a big step. That showed discipline. I think that also sent a message to agents and so on. We're not going to be taken advantage of yeah. here. So. I think that was a big step. It was. And when you replace him with someone like Mike, who you know, is doing so well for you, then you you probably feel pretty happy if you are yeah. not. Because there's the penalty saver, and he's one of the best, if not the best penalty saver right now in Europe. I think he's... Uh, I think 40% of the penalties against him are missed, whether he saves them... That's a ridiculous amount, it's 40%. A, it's, I think 37% I looked this morning. Incredible, really, and he's strong, he's tall, he... The, the 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 jump no the like yeah I mean he's just he's just incredible and and then there's a distribution of the power of his game that because he used to be an outfield player when he was when he was growing up in Paris he's got that ability to control the ball well to pass the ball well short long all of that which is very very valuable for a lot of managers yeah and I think that's also maybe part of the reason why that's obviously not a strong part of Donnarumma's game yeah that's also part of the reason they felt okay with it again it's still a massive mm. gamble taking a guy sure. from Lille who yeah he'd won the title but um, man. you know Paris Saint-Germain 
and decided he wasn't good enough. Exactly. Certainly uh, at the time, he, they felt he was. You know, they, 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 they moved him on. So uh, that's certainly one that's worked out. And I think if Milan or Inter have a chance of winning this Champions League, I think it's going to be one of those situations. And we've seen this happen before. An outstanding goalkeeper makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah. Uh, and brief digression here. You've got Andre Onana, who's capable of outstanding nights. Magic Mike, we know, is yeah, magic. Yeah. Thibaut Courtois, you said best in the world. I'm not going to disagree. He's, he's there or thereabouts. And the fourth is Edison, who I don't think is having a great season by his standards yeah. at all. Yeah. Could this actually be a situation where a lot of people have City as favorites to win it all, and maybe they are the best team of the four. They probably are. But could that actually be their undoing going forward? Maybe. I mean, let's not forget that the, the, the final against Chelsea, the Edison, you know, on the Havertz goal, made a mistake maybe by rushing out so quickly from his goal. So, yeah, it might, it might be down to that. All right, time will tell. I'll tell you what, though, I am excited ah. to see what the future will bring. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Milan. How about some quick hits instead? Real Madrid roll past Chelsea 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. Jules, Lampard changed things up. Did you ever think Real Madrid were in real danger? Not really, no. Uh, no, the Conte's chance when he slices it all of a So this, this is the issue I have. I, I can understand why Lampard went for that formation with just one forward, basically. So you've got 10 defensive mining players. Uh, because I can see why you want Gallagher and Conte to be your the one pressing the most because they will press better than Joao Felix and Sterling, for example, or Pulisic. Right. I guess that. My only issue with a team like that when you have a two-goal deficit from the first leg is, and you have to score goals is that it's very, very likely that the chances could fall to one of those guys who are not Forwards, strikers, goal scorers. Which is kind of what happened. Exactly. And neither so, is Kukurea. Neither is Kukurea yeah. on the left hand side. So this is, this is the only thing I have. Okay, maybe you wanted to try something different. I would not have done it. In the end, it didn't work out. Yeah, you can say, but they didn't play that badly, of course. Yeah, they created chances. Yeah, maybe. But in the end, yeah, it was look, a I, I'm not like it was always going to be because of the chaos. He's coming off three defeats on the spin, all the, 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 the insanity of the club. I'm giving Frank a pass on this one. I thought. He thought outside the box, which I like. He tried something. It it nearly worked. I'm sorry. I, it I expect, nearly worked. What's the nearly for? I expect N'Golo Kante, who won a World Cup, to finish. I'm talking about his first chance, the one that he slices, right? Yeah, on his left foot. Uh, I, you know, he's a professional footballer. I know, but still. Okay? Uh, I expect Cucurella, who has got the time to go and set himself. Which was the problem. He had too much time to think. He's another supposedly professional footballer, right? Yeah. Hey, remember in the summer when they tricked everybody like, Pep really wants Kukurea, Pep, oh, whatever, let's go and spend yeah. 65, yeah, whatever. I, mean, yeah. I don't I didn't want to reopen that kind of worms. It gave Chelsea the best possible chance, you know, because I, I think the other way the game was going to go, and I think you knew this, is that, all right, if Chelsea press well, then Real Madrid are going to sit, slow the game down to a crawl, and then it's going to peter out to a nil-nil. And so at some point, Chelsea were going to have to gamble and put on the attacking gun. So I, I think, I, as much as it's jarring to think Lampard, four games, four defeats. First time in 30 years that Chelsea lose four, four in a I row. I think gap. in this one, I don't have a problem with it. Rodrigo has looked really sharp playing in the front three of Real Madrid. Gab, do you think he would keep his place in the side in the semi-final with Carletto revert to a Fede Valverde on the wing and put another midfielder in and go a bit more cautious? 
I think this is one of the single biggest calls that he's got to make. Uh, I think Rodrigo's come on in leaps and bounds. Yeah. He's such a fluid uh, football. He's not as good as Vinicius, but as some people have pointed out, he looks smoother than Vinicius. Yeah. Especially right now where Benzema is kind of missing in action. Um, I think it's important to have, I think Caleto knows that he needs Rodrigo out there. Otherwise, it's, it's only Vinicius who's going to contribute. I think a lot's going to depend on form ahead of it. Schwameni finds his mojo a little bit. Maybe maybe you think about putting Valverde back out there. Otherwise, it's Rodrigo. Well, maybe so, home and away. You can play Rodrigo at home and when you go second yeah. league at West City. Back to Chelsea. Much has been made in England of Todd Bowley going into the club's dressing room after matches. Jules, this is one of those things that really annoys me. I think it's purely a cultural thing because in many countries, it's not unusual. And guess what? Most of the people in the Chelsea dressing room aren't English. Yeah, true. I don't get it either, Gab. Is it Nasser always coming to the Paris Saint-Germain? Not just Nasser. Everybody, whether he's the president or chairman, whatever you want to call him, or the owner directly, that's what a lot of people do in other sports as well. Not just football. In football, in every country... Apart from maybe England, but it's not because in Germany in too, that it's frowned it should be controversial. Apparently. Yeah, it's look, it, it becomes controversial if he comes, if Todd Bowley goes down there and starts, yeah, you know, giving... Yeah, time and say, bring him on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there have been some, some owners in, in, who've done that in the past. But as far as we know, that's not what Bowley's doing. I have no problem with no, it whatsoever. Me neither. That didn't need a controversy at all. And Gab, on Monday, we covered Joan Laporta's press conference reacting to the Enriquez-Negrera case. Of course, if you remember, he also said that Real Madrid were the team of the regime and had been favoured by Real Madrid for many, many... had been favoured by the regime for many, many years. What did you make of their response, Real Madrid response being called like that? Real Madrid put out a video on their official channels, and, and you, can go, you can go and see this. It's subtitled... Um, look, I think... An unreal mm, video. It was, it was incredible. I've yeah. never seen anything like this. If you want to go and say, all right, it's over Real Madrid against Barcelona, it's going to take a long time to rebuild Definitely. this relationship. They went back. They like, The whole allegation is a historical thing about how uh, the, the Francisco Franco, the, the, who, who ruled uh, the Generalissimo, who ruled Spain for, for many years, was a Real Madrid fan. And the, the referees, uh, the system, you know, favored Real Madrid. And the Estefano comes and, and, you know, plays a year and then goes to Real Madrid. All this nonsense, right? All, all, all this stuff. But then to come back and to show, like, you know, all these sort of fascisty type people showing up at the camp now and explaining all the stuff that the way Franco favored. I... Again, I'm not a historian. I don't think it helps anybody to Definitely go back not. into the past Especially and go through this. Yeah. Especially this kind of past. I, I don't want to say they're irresponsible. I, I think for Laporta going out and saying, well, they've always been favored, blah, blah, blah. Those are serious words. Yeah. You want to start talking, you're going to sue everybody for libel? They can go and sue you because you know what? Like You've come very, very close to that. Definitely. And then Real Madrid's response. I hope it ends here. I don't want to see... More ugliness. Yeah. I hope. I, I. I hope people grow up a little bit. You know, call it one-one, and then yeah, and let's go it. back. Yeah. No miracle from Bayern oh. against Manchester City as it finishes one-one. Jules, I thought Bayern played really, really yeah, well. They, they interpreted this game the right way, and no? they did. Yeah, of course you're right. I mean, it, I would have loved to see Leroy Sané scoring that big chance early on after 15 minutes to see what would have happened after that. The atmosphere was great. I thought the game plan worked well. The Changes that Tuchel made worked well, uh, and we didn't see much of Grealish or De Bruyne or even Haaland to a certain extent until the goal, of course, and Upamecano slipping and Upamecano having a tough night again. Um, but in the end, it was just not enough. Hey, I, w I want to ask you because on the on, on the show last night, whatever people take it as red that City are mega favorites and they're great and they're flying, blah blah blah, and they absolutely are, right? They've won a yeah. lot of games in, Eleven a, row, in a row now. The point is, when you win a lot of games in a row, streaks normally end, so then you have a rough patch afterwards. I, I'm just wondering, on the balance of play between the first leg, you know, when, when Bayern had the upper hand for a long time, yeah, yeah, and this one, and then look, maybe they were interpreting it the game a bit differently because they were 3-0 up and, and whatever. Is there any reason to maybe not be concerned, but maybe not say that the semi-final against Real Madrid is a foregone conclusion? Yeah, we can't say that. We, um, simply because it's, it's also Real Madrid in the Champions League. So we can't take anything like that for granted. However, I do think that maybe the lack of intensity from Real Madrid... And so at least they're not high pressing like no no they're going to they're going to play the game differently. I'm exactly. just wondering in terms and of I think City. That was, I think that fits City. I think City, this is the most complete City team that mm. Pepper's had, the most complete squad that he's had. I like that that defense that is 
invented or built, if you want, with the four center backs. I don't know what's going to happen with with the injuries that they look like well, they had. This is another thing, too. I think the, the two things that just flag up. One is fixture congestion, yeah. um, which I think, and the fact that they're in a title race, whereas Real Madrid aren't. Uh, and the other thing is people keep saying, oh, like City have such a deep squad, such a deep squad. They do in certain positions. In other positions, I think there's a very, very notable drop-off. Obviously, you mentioned Ake's injury. Yeah. Laporte, Laporte right now is not what he was last year. Definitely okay? not. Uh, uh, Kyle Walker right now, probably not. Like, no, I don't know. Sure. If something happens to Rodri, like, oh, they're so deep. Okay, fine. No, Go Rodri, enjoy Calvin Phillips. Yeah, Rodri. You know. Rodri doesn't have, but you still have Mares coming off the bench. You can have Yeah, no, in the, the wide bench. positions, attacking midfield, they're, you know, they're totally stacked. back from yeah. his up and no, no question. So, but yeah, no, I agree with you. It's not a foregone conclusion. And just to finish on Bayern, Thomas Tuchel, two wins in his first six games in charge. Even if they played well at times, especially against against City, let's not forget that in the two games, mm. Bayern have more possession, more passes, success, more successful passes. No, but Nagelsmann was the problem. Chances, they, they had like 12 shots. And 19 shot over the two games. It's, it's you know, it's not that bad. I don't know. I don't know. And there's still people justifying and saying, oh, but Nagelsmann lost to Villarreal last year. Okay, fine. Enjoy it. And Thomas Tuchel Gab was not a fan of referee Clément Turpin, who's French, so usually we're very good at everything. He got himself sent off and was very, very critical of him after the game. Yeah, at, at one point, I forget who it was who got, uh, there, was, there was a foul right in front of his bench. I think it might have it been Ake before he got injured. Uh, where he jumped up and yeah, you know, yeah. wanted to, you know, Turpin booked him. Right decision, right? Um, I don't see what he got so wound up about. Was he angry that Turpin sent off Upamecano uh, before then, you know, rescinding it because Holland was offside? The penalty, if uh, it was soft on the penalty. That Wait, go look missed. at the rules. The guy's got his hands behind his back and then he pulls his hand out. No, I'm sorry. That's Upamecano being a bonehead. I know, but it's like the Leipzig one. There's not much, you know, the ball brushes his arm, really. Well, I, that's a, that's a VR card. Whatever. I, I, I would worry if you have Thomas Tuchel. So Thomas Tuchel needs to, needs to bring calm yeah, here, he needs to, to the chaos, there, yeah. right? What we're seeing now is we're seeing late Chelsea Thomas Tuchel. That is not a good thing. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Erling Haaland missed a penalty in that game, as we mentioned, but it's okay. He still scored. Now he is 48 and 41 this season, which is Messi Cristiano esque. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, several outlets are, and I don't understand this, they were reporting that the release clause in his contract, which was 200 million euros, uh, has now been voided. Yeah. Uh, and there is no release clause. And the reason is supposedly because Pep Guardiola signed a two year extension, and now Haaland will sign a new deal of his own. Do you believe this? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I, I, mean, I, I why? Don't think, uh, because maybe when Haaland signed and there was a bit of, not that much, but a bit of uncertainty over Pep's future, maybe Haaland was like, listen, I want do, to. Do you really think Rafaela Pimenta is going to give up a release clause when she has all the leverage and Haaland has all the leverage in this deal and they, they're going to link it to whether Pep Guardiola signs a new contract or not? Well, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the 200 million is. It's still a very expensive release clause. Let's let's not forget, like there's not many clubs who can pay 200 million of a, on the transfer fee here. It's not like if it was the 65 that they paid. I understand that, but it's still a release clause. That, that would be more controversial. It's still a release clause where you make a deal and you can walk away. Yeah, right? but maybe yeah, it's that's true. The, the, that's the as opposed to getting into a fight with the club. That, that's the reality of it. No, maybe. I, I I don't. I mean, look, maybe maybe it's true. Maybe it happened. I don't know. But I I find it difficult to believe that Holland's people would sign a deal Maybe. where they just they, they insist they, they tie the release clause to something that has very little to do with their client and by the way pep can sign a new contract what if pep changes his mind and says i'm going to retire no, and go of be course a monk? of course what then there's will become act i mean I, it doesn't I make any there sense there might be more technicality to it and and over Haaland's new deal his current one goes to 2027 he's on 450 thousand a week like a thousand pound a week 450 thousand pound a week a new deal will have a pay rise, of course, as all new deals have. What you, you bump it to five hundred thousand a week? You go to five fifty? You go to six hundred? This is this is like Kylian Mbappe's territory now. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I find, of course, he's, he's earned it in a way because he's been amazing. But he signed ten months ago. 
I know what leverage is going to have. <laughs> I know, man. More contrite, Gab. Our colleague Rob Dawson reports that David De Gea is close to a new deal at Manchester, at Manchester United and will take a pay cut. He's out of contract in June. Why? I think <laughs> you're not. You're not a fan of this. Tell us why you're not a fan of this. <laughs> Just before you go, he can't. He can't. He can't play football with his feet. He's great on his line. Great shot stopper. He's a goalkeeper. He can use He's his a hands. a big reason why they're in the top four right now. But he's not a ten high goalkeeper. I'm sorry. Why you? Why would you sign him even with a paker? What to make him number two, and then you go and sign a number one who can actually have good distribution with his feet? Well, you certainly have more leverage to go and do that if his salary, which is enormous right now, uh, goes down to a more manageable. I mean, we don't know what the deal yeah, is. Yeah, no. If he takes a big pay cut and everything, and then it has massive appearance fees. Maybe, maybe that makes sense. I think this also tells you, and, and by the way, United had the option to extend him for another season. Uh, this to me tells me that the fact that they haven't exercised it to me suggests that he went, he tested his agents, tested the water, and yeah. there's no takers for him. There's no takers for him even as a free agent, and that's why he's willing to take the pay cut. He's happy at, at United. He's been here a long time. Um, I don't know. I, I, if they got the I pay get, You know why I give them a pass is because they've got so many positions to steal upgrade on right. that you can't spend too much on a goalkeeper and a striker and so maybe that's why Inter of course are the fourth semi-finalist Jules yeah. they were 2-0 up from their away win in the first leg it finished 3-3 they gave up two goals in garbage time nothing to worry about though right no definitely not garbage time as you say and they were very much in control before that wonderful goal by Barella again uh, and, and Joaquin Correa also great performance well done Simone Inzaghi under pressure for so long and yet taking that team to the semi-final of the Champions League for the first time in a very very long time so well done to them and Gab I can't pass up this opportunity to, for you to tell young listeners and watcher and, and, and watcher about the Bella Goodman's curse at Benfica yeah Bella Goodman one of the most fascinating characters yeah. in history there's a bunch of biographies on him I really suggest you go read it educate yourself maybe there's a documentary too I don't know this is a guy who was a phenomenal footballer uh, went to New York in the 1920s played for teams in New York then came back was interned in a concentration camp and came out Won two uh, titles at Benfica, also yeah. managed in South America. Uh, when he left Benfica, he said, for the next 100 years, you're not going to win another European Cup. And it hasn't been 100 years yet, but no. it's on its way. Uh, Jules, this is back on Monday night. Liverpool demolished Leeds United 6-1 on the road. Luis Diaz is back. Felt like the boys are back in town, are they? Yeah, look, they were very impressive, certainly. I think what I love the most is Trent Alexander-Arnold's position in that midfield. He was instrumental in that big win. Well done. I would like to see more of him in there. Gab, Juventus could find out today, on Thursday, whether they get their 15 points back in Serie A after the appeal hearing was extended last night. What's going on? Yeah, not clear to anybody why it was extended. I would have thought they would have had enough time to work on it. This is obviously an absolutely pivotal decision to determine uh, the top four this season. Jules, we love our title races, so over to the Women's oh, Super yes. League here in uh, England, where Alessia Russo, who, hmm, I wonder where her background's from, uh, scores the only goal as Manchester United beat Arsenal 1-0 and go four Huge points clear at the top of the table. Uh, there's uh, four teams that can still win this with, uh, what, four games to go? Yeah, that's right. That's crazy, Gab. I mean, United now at the top in 44 points, and you've got Chelsea below 40 points, but with two games in hand. Chelsea still very much... In course for an amazing treble, they're in the Champions League, they're in the FA Cup final as well. And then Arsenal, who missed a chance there, that was the game for them to win if they wanted to win the title. Now they're six behind with the game in hand. Still very tight. And then even City are six point behind United with the game in hand. So great. The bad news, of course, is the Leah Williamson injury. She injured her knee. It looks it looked bad. We're waiting to see what the, the results and the scans are, but let's hope that she can make it at least the World Cup. Leah Williamson, the England women's captain, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, course, yeah. and uh, clearly a key player yeah. uh, for that team. Javier Tebas discussed the possibility of Leo Messi returning to Barcelona and said it might be feasible if their financial situation changes. Gab, what do you make of this? I make of this is this is just stupid. I, I would love to know... Well, I, in fact, I know who they are because I've met them. These saddos that keep asking stupid questions in press conferences, wasting people's time over this. What do you expect Tebas to say? The rules are there. The rules are very, yeah. very clear. Yeah. They're clear to Barcelona. They're clear to Tebas. All he came out, he said, like, well, right now it's not feasible. Also because the transfer window, the registration window is closed. <laughs> uh, but if they make certain moves, if revenue increases, if they sell certain players, it might be feasible. Exactly. What are you going to say? Like, he doesn't work for Barcelona. <laughs> Like, I, honestly, 
And yet he we go on and on fan. and on. He said he was hoping because he was a big fan and it'd be good for Messi to come back. I, I, I'm glad he's hoping. I'm glad he's a big fan. I, I don't think Laporta thinks that Tebas is a big fan <laughs> yeah. uh, at all. But I, honestly, like, can we just chill out with this? I know. Uh, wow. I know. Jules, we've talked endlessly about Carlo Ancelotti in Brazil, but another yes. former Chelsea manager has emerged as an alternative. We can't call it Plan B because he get, he he, yeah, he, he get angry. Yeah, of course. But uh, who is it? Is it Graham Potter? No. Nope. Is it Avram Grant? No. Nope. Is it Rafa Benitez? No. Nope. Is it that guy Bruno? No. Nope. Whatever his name Bruno is. Solta. No, it's Jose Mourinho. Jose I mean, Mourinho. No. As much as I would love him to take over Brazil and see what he would do with our squads, whatever. If he's good or bad, I don't. I, I would want to see <laughs> it. Let's remind everybody that he's doing it. Good, good job, even yeah. very good job at Roma. And he has a year left and would like a new contract. He would like a new contract, he still has another year left. The sporting director is very close to him. And there's potential Champions League football next season with Roma. So I still think it's a long shot for him to give all of that up to go and take the Brazil job. It's not impossible, that's not what I'm saying. I, but, but would he be a cultural fit? No, Other than the fact, I no. I would take the popcorn out <laughs> and just watch because that would be box office. Sure. Uh, by the way, shout out to Roma, who have appointed, I think I'm getting the name right, Lina Sokulu. Yeah, who is, the, like, CEO. Uh, she's the new CEO. I yeah. believe she's the Roma, the biggest club right now with a, with a female CEO in football. If you consider it bigger than West Ham, yeah, I guess. Karen Brady, Toulouse have one as well, but again, no offense to say that Roma are bigger than Toulouse. Yeah, no offense to Sabre. I know West Ham won the World Cup. But I know, come, I'm on, saying, come on, yeah, come on, fair, come on, fair come on. Daniel Levy spoke to the Cambridge Union and had some interesting things to say, Gab, about Harry Kane's future and being a club legend versus winning trophies. Okay, so Daniel Levy said what I would have said, but it's also what I truly believe, which is that this whole thing about, oh, all those ex-pros, one after the other, they wheel them out. They're usually... Let's say, said a bunch of people who've played a bunch of, for a bunch of different clubs who stopped being fans a long time ago and they say, oh, he's got to win trophies. Oh, he needs to win trophies. He needs to go to Manchester City, to go to Bayern, to go to Real Madrid, blah, 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 to win trophies. You know my thoughts on this. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. I wish Alan Shearer would go to their house and stomp their heads in, uh, helped by Matt Letizia and Francesco Totti. Because you know what? If you're a fan... Totti won a title. What? Yeah, well, Shearer won a title too. But but what I'm saying is, but this idea, this whole, show us your medals, right? Like, David May is a million medals, or or whatever his name was, right? (laughs) Oh, I mentioned, what does that mean? I'm sorry, if you're raised in a club, and I know there's pictures of him in an Arsenal shirt when he was very, very little. Yeah. But, you know, he's a Spurs guy. Yeah. It may mean something more to you. No, of course. It may mean something more. And so when Levy talks about, you know, it could be a statue of him outside the club one day and whatever, that's genuine. And fair. it just bugs the crap out of me. That's fair. All these people who sold themselves for the coin by moving to a bigger club. I want to win trophies. No, this guy's a fan. But that might be also how Hurricane feels, that he wants I, to win trophies. Maybe. And, and maybe that's how he feels, and that is his decision. But you can't go and paint him in a corner and say, oh, in the same way it would be wrong to say, you need to stay here forever, even though we're never going to win anything other than the odd League Cup. Yeah. It's equally wrong to say, oh, you've got to move on and win trophies. Show us your medals. Well, what kind of nonsense is that? How much is a trophy? How much would a trophy be worth if he moves to Manchester City and wins another title? What, as, 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 as Erling Holland's yeah. backup? Or playing in the burden. I mean, what? what why? No, no. Yeah, of course you can see it that way. But you can also see it that you work hard to also win trophies. This is this is the aim of the game: winning matches to win trophies. I I, I respect. I, I wish Harry Kane has earned the right to do what he likes. Yeah. The people who say that he's somehow not competitive or a lesser person or a lesser pro because he doesn't have all these medals. Yeah, no, that's, he knows, that's, yes, he that's, knows that the yeah, few yeah, medals yeah. that he's won at Spurs are worth more than a boatload uh, at some of these other clubs that have to have twice the, uh, uh, twice the wage bill. Sticking with Spurs, Christian Stellini and uh, Roberto De Zerbi escaped the ban uh, after they both were, were sent off when Spurs played Brighton. Uh, the clubs were fined £100,000. Uh, does this make sense to you? Uh, no, but I think we've said that before. I mean, 100k for either club is, is nothing really. Well, why aren't we, they banned? If they're just players, they'd be banned. Why aren't these guys banned? This, this is what I don't get. So, but clearly you want the money. You can't ban any the money, I guess. Or of maybe course you, you could, can. But, of see, course know, you can. But like, that would be pushing you a little bit for something like that, I think. Hey, le- ban them. To be, you, want, you want a sanction that is actually going to... Like you know, impact the team exactly. Yeah. Impact the team. The the hundred k fine doesn't impact. Next no. time they're not going to think, oh, I can't go and have an argument with the referee I, or the fourth referee or the other manager because I'm going to get 
Fine hundred thousand. I, I think it's one of two things. Either the referee was wrong to send them off, in which case you don't find them. Yeah, but but yeah. if they were sent off, they should anything. be banned. And by the way, when we ban people from now on, I don't want to ban where like the guys in the stands, like with with his servant next to him, relaying information. No, no, no. They should have it. If you're banned, if you're a coach and you're banned for the game, right? You need to go and sign in two hours before kickoff. Yeah. You go. You sit in a hotel somewhere with a chaperone. No phone. <laughs> no con. No, but. Let's no, make it meaningful. Why? Fun. I mean, let's make it meaningful. Well, what kind of a ban is it if you're uh, if you're communicating your instructions to the team during the game? It's not a ban. It's a joke. Okay, fair, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. Former Crawley Town manager John Yames has seen his ban for making racist comments and remarks increase from 17 months to three years. Gab, I assume we won't see him again? No, he's in his 60s. He's toxic. We'll never see him again. 17 months, three years makes you feel better, worse. It doesn't make no difference. Important thing is they've sent a message. This is not tolerated in football. It wasn't long ago that everybody wanted Hussein Awar and uh, he was on the verge of signing for Arsenal. Hey, talk about that sliding doors moment, right? Exactly. Awar, party. Uh... Now he's set to be a free agent. He's going to leave Leon in June. He's had injuries this year. He hasn't played very much. Would he be a smart pickup given he's under 24? 100%, Gab. I know his time has been rotten a bit at Lyon in the last few years. I think he paid also the price that he was a, he's a kid from there. He's Lyon born and bred, went through the whole academy. And I think they maybe had more hopes for him than, than, than really was happened. But I think he's been a bit unfair. He's, I think he's, he's still a wonderful talent. He's a very intelligent player, very good on the ball, very elegant, all that. And I think, I think he, and, and you know what? I think there will be some top clubs after him. Well, it's interesting because the clubs that he's been linked to have been Leverkusen, who apparently have pulled out now. And then the other two clubs that always get mentioned are Roma and Betis. There's still a bit of time, though. But he can play, and I say this with greatest respect to Roma and Betis, he can play a notch above that, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But then you could also understand that when clubs look at his data and his numbers for the last few years, which they all do before a big transfer, even on a, even on a, as a free agent, they look and say, hmm, I'm Six not league so starts sure. this year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's not, it's not ideal, for sure. Olivier Giroud has signed a one-year extension at Milan. Gabi turns 37 in September. He's the second oldest Frenchman to score in the Champions League, by the way, because Laurent Blanc was 36 and 200 and something days, so slightly old, older than Olivier. But this makes sense, right? To keep him at least another year. I, who's, the, who's the granular stat Sado that makes the ranking know, specifically of French players scoring in the Champions League? Uh, no, look, I, he's, I think he's played maybe more than Milan would have wanted him to play this year. Sure. Uh, he's been good. He's a leader. He's a phenomenal teammate. Super intelligent. He's extremely handsome as well, which doesn't hurt. Uh, he's not even the oldest center forward on this team. Very true. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I'm totally fine with this. Uh, but you need to manage his load. And so Milan have to get somebody else to play up front next season. I don't think there's any, yeah. I, I keep him, keep Ibra around if you want. Like, you know, bring in the old cavalry off the bench. But you need somebody to be Definitely. there. And his first name can't be Divock and his last name can't be Origi. No. Lisandro Martinez has had surgery, but we won't see him again until preseason. Uh, Jules, how big a loss is this? They do have... Three other center backs. Four if you decide to count Luke Shaw as a center back. Yeah. Uh, plays there sometimes. Five if you decide to count your Phil Jones. Jones your friend well, I'm assuming Finn he's still at the club somewhere. Yeah, but he's not sure he's not registered on any kind of like, Six if you list. count McTominay. Oh, my God. No. I think, the, you know, the biggest loss is, is Lissandro, of course, and it's, it's sad because you would have wanted him in this final stretch of the season and, and he's, he's been really, really good, is that you also have Luke Shaw on injuries and I think he's going to come back soon, but still... That Rafael Varane also picked up an injury in that game, in the right. game as Lissandro Martinez did. So the centre back made of glass, that, that, that guy Varane. Yeah. Oh, come on, he's been good this year. <laughs> but it's that you lose yeah. the all three at the same time, pretty much. And yeah, Luke Shaw did really well when, when Lissandro Martinez was not playing as a centre back. And I think he would probably be the first option with Varane for Ten Hag and have Malaysia playing a left back. The thing is, for now, you will see Maguire and Lindelof, which I think is scary in itself. I, and that's, I, the, that's the big loss here. Am I, okay, a couple of things. One is, I was one of Lisandro's doubters, and I think he's proven me wrong. Yeah. I wasn't the only doubter, and it was not just because of his height. Um, but am I wrong in having a bit of sympathy for Maguire? Because, come on. Okay, so the last two games, it's like the, 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 the Real Sociedad incident, Sorry, no, 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 no
when the ball comes off his head. The own goal, yeah. I, that, that's entirely accidental, but you knew it was going to happen to him. You knew it wasn't going to happen to, to, to somebody else. Fair enough. And it's not just because he has the largest forehead in the world, right? Well, it, it's, You it feel happen. for him. I don't. I don't. And then I see him against Forrest with that kind of rug, yeah, rugby tackle exactly. after three minutes, and then the handball, I'm like, come on. All right, please. maybe you're right, maybe you're right. Joaquin has announced that he's retiring at the end of the season. What a legend. A few months shy of his 42nd birthday. Gab, put the great man in context, please. Hey, look, I mean, a phenomenal player going back to Betis, um, where he started a career, coming back at the end. Uh, what I loved about him as a, as a player when he was younger, and look, Max respect his professionals over sticking around, keeping himself fit, and, and so on, is that... Joaquin was that. He's he was the big winger who beat you with skill. Yeah. I, I love that. He's not one of those little tricky quick guys. He's not one of those guys, oh let me get the ball, kick it ten yards down and just outrun the defender. No, no, no. He had legit technical ability. He still has legit technical yeah, ability. That's why as the saying goes, when he lost his pace it didn't matter because there wasn't that much there. Although he was faster yeah, than people. He was. He's faster than people remember. But look, with his build you know, he was never going to be like no. that first step guy. Um, a tremendous pro. I hope if he wants a role in football, I'm sure there's going to be yeah, a role in be. football. He's for already have his own TV shows and everything. And let's not forget that he won the Copa del Rey when he was at the start of his career and at the end of his career. Yeah. And at the first time, he was, he was like a guest at his wedding, to be fair, the Copa. And I think he's... I remember thinking he's announced his retirement before and changed his mind. I'm wondering yeah, if something could... Stay. Maybe you Betty's know, qualifying the for the Champions League. League exactly. Uh, Netflix have a new biopic out, and it's all about Bernard Tapie. Oh. Jules, he turned European football, and not just European football, upside down in the 1990s. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's all done already. I think we'll have to wait September to, to watch it, although there's a couple of episodes that have been shot in, in Cannes. Uh, at, some sort of festival. The Tapi family is not happy uh, because from what we know of it, he's portrayed as a visionary and a lot of greatness, but also as a bit of a, of a hustler, if you want, in, in a very negative way. So his daughter and his son are not happy. For, for those who don't know, for the young uns, tell us about his era in Marseille and why that was revolutionary and controversial at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, he was well, an incredible visionary. Again, uh, the way he built that Marseille team uh, and created one of the, 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 the best teams in, in, in French football history, for sure. They went and won the Champions League in 1993, of course. And he signed all those great players. There was a lot of money. He was so charismatic. He was very much involved when we said about Todd Brady going down the dressing room at Chelsea. Bernat was living in that dressing room <laughs> the whole time. He had this big personality, of course, and, and character. He also hated to lose and would do anything to win at all costs, which in the end, I think, cost him his career in politics, in business, in football, in a lot of things. Well, in football specifically, yeah, there was, there was it Jacques Glassman, was that Yeah, his? exactly. That he was uh, found guilty of, uh, of buying sorry, some uh, Valenciennes players before a Valenciennes-Marseille game in 1993. Bribing them to lose. Bribing, to, bribing them to lose, giving them money to lose via Jean-Pierre Bernays, who is his like, right-hand man at the time, who is now a very successful agent. Uh, and, and yeah, he went down for that went to prison as well. Uh, the rest of his life was very, very different and far more difficult. But for some people, certainly in Marseille, he's still this huge legend, absolute hero. Uh, I have a friend who is a big, big fan of Arsene Wenger, who's close to Arsene Wenger, who tells me without question that had to be not cheated in those years, mm -hmm. Wenger would have won a bunch of league titles with Monaco, and he would yeah. have he would have never gone to Japan, would have never gone to Arsenal, would have yeah, ended up somewhere yeah. else, yeah. and the whole history of the club would be different. Yeah, There'd the probably room. be no Emirates now. They wouldn't be top of the table. Well, we don't know where they would be, but yeah, yeah, no, that's right. There's, there's rumors before we finish on Tapi. There's rumors in France that says that uh, two Monaco players were bought by Marseille every season. And to not jump on set pieces, for example, on corners, on wide set, and and that. And that was all on Tapi, so I don't know if it's true, but yeah, there's certainly the well, rumors. As the saying goes, Arsene knows. So do you think exactly. maybe he'd come on the podcast yeah, and, and he, talk about that? Yeah, he's pretty adamant. let's go back to your favorite topic we mentioned on Monday. Remember the Everton player who we can't legally name, who was suspended by his club in 2021 on suspicion of child sex offenses. Remember him, yeah? And even yeah. though he was fully cleared and will face no further action, we still can't name him. Yeah, that's him. Well, his national team manager 
who I guess we can still not name either, Gabby, has left the door open for a return. I, they, I, I feel like I'm in some kind of surreal <laughs> parallel universe. The reason we can't name him, you can go online and find out who he is very easily by Googling, um, is that because of the way the laws are, we're, we're taping this in London, we're, we're subject to British law, and this is the convention here. Yeah. So we're not going to name him. Um, but I think it's grotesque. His national team manager, we can't even mention the national team because people then work out who it is. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a newspaper report from this unnamed national team manager who says um, he's going to have to decide for himself whether he wants to return to football and play again. If he does, he will obviously be in my plans if he maintains the same standard. Uh he was a big player for that national team before. But I just stopped giving clues. I, know, I, 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 know, do wonder, I do wonder, like, could we see him at a Euros or a Copa America or an Asian Cup? Because I don't want to narrow it down <laughs> with the continent yeah, that he might be from. Yeah, but you started with Euros. So. Okay, might be. Uh, could we see him? And then what? We can't mention his name? No, but by like, then we would be able to show you. Why? Why? We can't say that he's been cleared. We can't say who it is. It's been, I, I, I honestly, lawyers out there, help me. Am I losing my mind? Are you happy with but this at situation? At some point, they would have to leave that band, surely, and we'd be able to name him. And I, I, we'd tell his title of the story. And this is so bizarre. Jules, time to check in on Cristiano. Oh. Al Nasser lost to Al Hilal 2-0. They're still second. Yeah. But how did he get on in this game? No, great, Gab. I mean, start with his score, of course, because his team, his team lost 2-0. So another game where he didn't score. And more importantly, maybe, because I think that's the video that went a bit viral, is that you see him during the game, like doing some sort of wrestling. I mean, you're a wrestling expert. I'm not a WWE guy at all. But he kind of grabs the, the, the defender from behind by it, the neck and then it, they fall together. He was like, wow. It looked like he was trying to put him in a half Nelson or yeah, something like crazy. that. So he was a yellow. Michael Oliver, the English referee, was the referee of that game, as they sometimes do in Saudi and for the big games. Gave him a yellow. I mean, that was a kind of a yellowish, orangey one. Yeah, the other, the other bit that went viral was when he walked off the pitch and, and he touched his crotch. And again, yeah. it's not true. Is it, is it accidental? Is he just readjusting something down there? Is it, could it, be. it could be. Linked to the fact that the fans, the Saudi fans seem to just, to, to, they know, to, to wind him up. Yeah, they seem messy, a lot messy. of trolling lately. Yeah. They, 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 they troll. And this is the thing. When you bring in somebody who's as popular as Cristiano, you have all the Cristiano fans. And then because the world is divided, it's hard for some people, especially in certain parts of the world, to understand that you can actually admire and respect both of them totally inevitably it becomes messy 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 yeah. and he's you know smoke comes out of his ears because mad yeah definitely eight doctors and nurses who were caring for Diego Maradona in his final days have been charged with simple homicides in Argentina Gab if guilty they could face between 8 and 25 years in jail uh, this is such a sad yeah. story just sad because of the way you know people pass away right even legends like Diego Armando Maradona um, what's what I think is sad here is and, and I don't know because I'm not a judge and I'm not a doctor but if there was if he actually wasn't cared for at the end how is it possible you saw the reactions how how loved he was how I think you know with all due respect to Messi but I think the Argentine triumvirate will forever be Diego Maradona, Eva Perón, and, and Carlos Cardel, right? Like, there's no, I mean, there, there's uh, uh, maybe Pope Francis is a shot maybe, too. Maybe, maybe, to maybe Messi can be fifth for now. Um, all those people who are out there, all so much love, yeah. and yet was it missing? And and having that agony of not knowing, are these people being scapegoated? I I don't know any of these things. It's I just hope sad. that you get some clarity, yeah. um, because it's just, it's just gut wrenching if this is if this is really you know. In the end, what accelerated his yeah. his demise, uh, Jules? This brings us to an end, but we're back on Monday, of right? Course, no holidays for us, right? Nah, definitely uh, not. Big, big weekend of of action. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 